When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to HBO, HBO Girls Rewatch. I'm Amelia. And I'm Evan. And today, what episode are we covering, Evan? Oh, we're covering episode season four, episode two, triggering. Oh my god. And that's so beautiful because I feel like I've been hashtag triggered a lot in the last month. Hashtag every time I step outside this house, I'm hashtag triggered. Sorry, I just saw the Amazon delivery. What is it? It looks like Redbubble, but I got all my posters. Why By would the Amazon way, be delivering Redbubble? Look behind us. We now have a girl's wall. I went to the print store this morning and printed all these out. And the guy at the store was like, what could this possibly be for? And I was like, listen, a project. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, but- yeah, you never print a much out until you like have a school project and or need a girl's wall for your yeah. girls related podcast yeah exactly and everybody knows that that's customary in the i haven't had this community. many prints since a poster board when i like talked about some science experiment i did with fish and plants and making fish? your own ecosystem oh i thought you said fish in plants and i was like people are putting fish in their body no, the fish were going into the plants too because they it was like a tank like and then growing would, plants yeah, not like yeah, yeah. in plants like silicone oh Wait, that'd be kind of chic if you could have fish inside of you. Yeah, you're like, these tits, 100% fish. (laughs) (laughs) Which actually works on so many levels. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) People are like, oh, it's fishy down there. It's like, whoops. You edit so many drag queen podcasts and it comes through. And it comes through. Can you tell? It was so fun. So for work, I had to like do every podcast I work for Spotify wrapped and send it to them. And it's like, that's so fun. Like I got to like engage. I like... Everybody only gets their one Spotify wrapped. I had so many to go through. Yeah, it was Christmas for you. Got to unwrap so many things. You actually did eight nights of Hanukkah. It literally, I felt <laughs> like I did 10 days of Hanukkah in one morning. 10? Oh, is it less? Traditionally, it's eight. Oh, I don't. You worked at a Jewish summer camp. I used to be Christian. Um. Okay, so we actually <laughs> forgot to do this last episode, but we're bringing it back. We're going to read one nice review, one mean review. If you haven't reviewed our podcast, please, 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 we're begging on our hands and knees to go to Apple Podcasts, rate us, leave us whatever. Also, if you're on the YouTube version, please feel free to comment. Um. I feel like people are being shy over there, and it's like there's no need to be shy. We're family over there. Um, okay, you ready? No, we live and die by your comments. So Julia Reisman says, subject, so funny and uplifting. It's like, can we actually pause right Is there? Is the subject? Somebody thinks we're uplifting. That's, <laughs> that's the best thing I've ever heard. She doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, the photo looks uplifting. As soon as I dive in, maybe Our not. faces. I love listening to HBO Girls. I love Evan. He makes me laugh. Oh, is this the one we already read? No, there's another one. <laughs> oh, another it's, one it's about you? It's actually a friend of mine. <laughs> I think it's a lot of my I friends think, I think you read that one. No, I read Sophie Lieber's last time. Oh, I love Evan. He makes me laugh. Okay, and I actually think um, this is actually an it's amazing point to come for you to up. read that. It's like... <laughs> well, you're hashtag triggered. You're triggered. A close friend said to me this week, um, 
I know it, it's hard for you because Evan is more well liked by everyone than um, <laughs> you crazy. are. And I was like, no worries. Thank you for understanding. <laughs> like, that's such an insane thing to let me know, to remind me no, of. No, it was, it was in comparison to someone else other than you, though. And they're like, and your association with this other person, you should feel happy about because they like you more than they like them. And I'm like, all right, this all just seems <laughs> mean spirited and not fruitful. I've never heard someone talk in those terms before. It was verdict, but I kind of loved. Ultimately, I kind of love when somebody says something kind of we really insane. We can't keep this in the podcast, can we? We can. Oh, okay, perfect. Okay, and then bad review. Are we ready? One star, subject, terrible, <laughs> which is close to triggered. No, it's not. Well, it's triggering. As a diehard fan of girls, I thought I had a lot of tolerance for insufferable characters, but these hosts take the cake. If you're looking for whiny, delusionally woke, painfully Gen Z people with zero critical thinking skills or grasp on reality, then this is your pod. I literally smile the whole time you read that. <laughs> I'm like, this is honestly an amazing selling point. Can we print it out? Isn't that what everyone's deal is? It's like, that's why Emma Chamberlain's being roasted online. But she built a whole career on it. Right. Like, she does make $10 million or whatever to not know things and have a philosophy podcast for girls. But... Everyone's like, you should go to four-year college. It's like, when I was in a four-year college, I didn't learn a single thing. No, I actually a learned critical philosophy. thinking. Well, you went to Tulane. It's different. I'm mean, in high school, I actually learned critical thinking because all my high school... Well... I had really smart English teachers in high school. And I was a marketing major and they refused to let you think there. I remember I took one class with this kid who I was on the sketch comedy um, troupe at my college. And he was like, I kind of want to get into comedy. Should I join the troupe? Is it worth it? And I was like, honestly, it's not that worth it. And then a year later, COVID happened and he blew up and it was Bowman Roman Reed or whatever. <laughs> Bowman Martinez. I like that you, it's like you, you deserve credit for that. You deserve to be I'm the like, bibliography. I, I hope he tells a story one day. Like he's at like, he's sitting at a conference for Vanity Fair. They're interviewing him and they're like, how did you decide to make sketch videos? It's like one mean looking brunette was like, you have to not go into the sketch comedy class. Just do your own thing. Blank, blank, blank. <laughs> <laughs> I want the credit. Um, but no, they did it all on their own and it had nothing to do with me. But it's cool. Um, I actually think it's really cool. It's cool that there's so many stories I can touch. There are so many stories I can touch. And okay, I'm actually so excited to talk about stories today in this episode. I think we have the perfect, <laughs> most perfect guest to have on for this specific episode because they are kind of like living Hannah's dream, which is where they write blogs and people pay them and then they survive off of that. And like, okay, jealous. What is that one character say? Like stories do have meaning. Stories Anna? do have meaning. <laughs> and Rain Fisher Kwan knows the power of that. Um, we're so excited to have her on. Cross dissolve. Guys, it's Rain Fisher Kwan. <laughs> oh my Hi. god. We just had the best chit chat. I wish people we could record. We should like hook yeah. up a mic the moment someone walks into our apartment right. and record that part for the podcast. Yeah. That should be the Patreon. That should be the Patreon exclusive. <laughs> yeah. And you like shouldn't tell people that you're doing that. We you just should just say like, hi, hugging you, like slipping a mic <laughs> to you. Slipping the mic pack into the back pocket. You go home. <laughs> yeah. We're listening to everything going on throughout your day. <laughs> and that's on the Patreon. 
It would do so well. It would do numbers. It would yeah. Do numbers. Wait, this is an amazing business opportunity for so a really, really good to idea. This podcast studio, but now we've kind of amazingly <laughs> desecrated it, so this no one else can do another so podcast here awesome. other than us. Okay, and Lena looked so good on the New York Magazine cover. I always think that's chaperone coded almost. Oh, it really is. It's a little too high for the video, but. Just describing it, it's Lena with her hands on her waist with the most chapel road dress on ever. We'll post yeah. it to grid. Why not? Post it to grid. <laughs> post it to grid. Okay, well, we have just already had a whole podcast on our own together, yeah. but now we'll dive into the one that's public and on YouTube or whatever. All our yeah. energies crash. Yeah. <laughs> we all get really quiet. Um, no, episode four. <laughs> I know. Episode two, season four, Trigger. Trigger. Um, before we dive into this specific episode, we have to know what was your journey to finding girls well i actually watched girls for the first time pretty recently i like was going through my twitter to try to see like when i first started watching girls and i think i started watching girls almost exactly this time last <gasps> year oh my god which is really beautiful yeah okay it's- so it's a twitter fine and then kind of yeah were well, people I- talking oh about it on twitter and you were like i want to know more i think that like there was okay so there was almost something in the collective unconscious because totally. there we was sensed just, it. you everyone sensed <laughs> Listen, it that's the one thing we knew we sensed it <laughs> <laughs> because like no one really was talking about it but one day i woke up and i was just like i need to watch girls and then i started tweeting about it and then literally at the same time everybody was tweeting at it, about it like do you guys remember when like i'm oh, sure i mean oh, you were on the fucking yeah. floor you were on the fucking ground floor when girls just suddenly had it the girls renaissance there's something about 10 years they're always like Trends come in cycles every yeah. 10 years. And I was like, that's a lie. You're lying to my face. And then girls did its 10-year anniversary. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, I'm kind of going to get back into it that. Was, yeah. It was because there was like one like article or news thing that was like the picture of them on the bench or whatever. Which yeah. I don't no, even think we printed out. free that. Well, that one, it was like the 10-year anniversary of Lena Dunham like selling this show. Which, of course, she sold the show to HBO by well, being like, why is everyone it's watching about girls. girls. It's about girls. Yeah, I've read her letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awesome. Um, but yeah, like I also started coming to New York for like, you know, to, to live my life or whatever. you're from Toronto. I'm from Toronto. I love when people from Toronto come to New York because now every movie that's filmed in New York it takes place. It's actually being, yeah, filmed, in it's being filmed in Toronto. So you already did Baby New York, and you're like, yeah. I actually want to go see what the real things like. Well, yeah, like Toronto is like New York if it didn't have like all the stuff that makes it good. So Long Island City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like if there was no Long Island City. Um, so I like, I, yeah, I started. I because I grew up in Toronto, and then I lived in Vancouver for four years, which is Whoa. like on the West Coast. And then I moved back to Toronto so I could come to New York, like so I could like visit New York and stuff. You really did like the New York, LA by Coastal Minute, Canada version. Yeah, the Canada version, yeah. which was really brave and well, not Canada as says fun. the same thing. <laughs> I'm doing by coastal Iowa, New York. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I'm by coastal New York, Lake Ontario. Of course, of course, of course. A coast can literally be anything. A coast can be anything. A coast, a coast can be a border of an of a landlocked province. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Um, God, it feels good to hear the word province, right? Well, take us back. Something that I want to talk about, and this is a little bit off topic, but I was looking up where Iowa is on a map because I was like, you're Canada, it's excused. I'm Canada. Like, I don't know. There's so much Iowa in this episode. I was like, let me just situate myself. And what I realized, this is a fact that may shock you both, is that both New York, like, I feel like Iowa's pretty far from New York, right? Like, well, it's on this coast kind of yeah it's it's sort of like in the middle it's like it's there's many states in between but iowa 
if you go like longitudinally or whatever, like if you go to like what's above it, both Iowa and New York are contained within Ontario. <gasps> wow. Like, oh my god so it's kind of close it's latitude longitude yeah <laughs> but like ontario is just so big yes do you know what that is <laughs> or do you not know anything like a baby <laughs> my reaction to you saying something crazy you're like oh you must just not know about that <laughs> but i just saw the difference between latitude and longitude <laughs> i like looked it up before this ontario is famously huge ontario is so huge and like it's I feel like for an American, they'd be like, oh, no, like I have to drive from New York to Iowa. Like I have to pass through so many states. Like that's an impossible drive for a Canadian. You're just driving from Ontario to Ontario, which is so relatable to Texas because growing yeah. up in Texas, we'd go on road trips and it'd be like the first nine hours. You're, <laughs> you're still in Texas. In Texas. Yeah, that's and Ontario. Finally, you're like, oh, my God, New Mexico. <laughs> no, I, so growing up in New York, 20 minutes from my house was Connecticut. So going to a different state was no never a big deal for me. Yeah. You meet anyone from another state. It's like going to another state was it, it was a like something to write deal. home about. It's on yeah. your holiday Christmas card. You even cross the border. I mean, like Jersey. I was so shocked to find out about Jersey. That and you'll it's- add to your Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> You know, people are like, where they were this year. Oh, yeah. They'll add to their Instagram bio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, NYC airplane emoji, New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel so good when I go through that tunnel. I'm like, oh, I feel my, like a Which jet the Holland tunnel? Yeah, yeah. No, it isn't. No, is it? Is you're it? going to New Jersey a lot? Well, I actually love New Jersey. Okay. Because like, <laughs> I know that that's like controversial, but... Many of my best friends are from New Jersey. Wow. And I just like totally by coincidence. And I just think that New Jersey like produces an incredible like class of people. Oh my God. <laughs> no comment. And and I Alex like ex-boy friends from New <laughs> no, Jersey. Let me think. Whoa, well, I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh fine, God. it's fine. It's no cut problem. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Um Okay, amazing. So you watched it last year and you were like, I'm moving my ass there immediately. I mean, literally, yeah. Like, I mean, not to be too earnest but I really feel like I was watching it and I was like oh my gosh like I feel so represented by this like I've you know I had so many moments of like obviously seeing myself and the girls in like a negative and humiliating way of course um but also in a way where I was like I'm changing and there's like so many things that I want and like I don't know what I'm doing with my life but like when I went to New York and when I would like I started going for like a week out Mm -hmm. of every month and I was like living with my ex-boyfriend and I ended up being a horrible girlfriend because every month I like spent half the month by myself in New York. You're like, like, I gotta go to Times Square. Sorry for not texting you. I, back. This is a story really of sorry. everyone with at least 10K M&M. on Instagram. <laughs> if you have 10K on Instagram and live into a different state, you're either traveling to New York or LA for at least one week yeah. every month. Yeah. And I hear the story across the board. It's, it's happening universal. to so many people all well, the time. Because the thing about New York is that like New York is the closest place you can go to being on a computer like you know what i mean like like new york is the most computer place like if if you're like a person on the internet Mm -hmm. and you want to go somewhere that's like being on the internet you can only go to new york you are so because anyone i've ever seen my fyp i now i'm like having casual conversation with here all the time it's so ridiculous yeah so yeah i just started going to new york and was like growing so much and like changing so much and I just like totally fell in love with girls and I like watched it obsessively and I like talked about it obsessively to like everyone I knew and like me and all my friends who were writers were all watching it at the same time and just like I was really happy to see it having like sort of a critical reappraisal because 
I do remember like my only previous engagement with girls was like I was like maybe 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. when it was like first coming out and I remember like seeing that like insane news cycle about it and like I remember my parents watched it and I remember just like oh, because your mom's professor. That's cool that your mom watched <laughs> your mom's it. professor, so yeah. it really makes sense for her. Yeah, and my mom and my dad are like cool young parents, <sighs> so they like it's yeah. Heaven. Wait, they, do you have subs? I have a younger sibling. Heaven. And how yeah. cool are they? They're pretty cool. They're are non-binary they and a lesbian. <gasps> they're, yeah, okay, that's this perfect. is a story of anyone who has cool parents. Their other sibling, the younger one, is always non-binary. Yeah. I'm finding so <laughs> many people where they're 11, 12, 13, 14, yeah. 15. Any of the teen years, yeah. they're gonna be non-binary if their parents are cool. Yeah, I see no, let's run a study. Awesome. You guys can be the cover art. Yeah, no, like let's look into it. No, my younger sibling, their birth name, by the way, is Ever. They're non-binary, so people think they chose their own name, but <laughs> their birth name is Ever. My parents named us Rain and Ever. You're more. That's amazing. <laughs> they are a non-binary asexual lesbian, and they're literally the coolest. Fuck. They're I so hear cool. the story all the time. <laughs> Tales you're, all the what time. you're saying, I know another girl. Who every single week travels to New York out of the month has a boyfriend that she abandons to do this and has a non-binary sibling. <laughs> Wait. Um, okay, let's dive into the synopsis. This is Minute to Win It. We are going to run through everything that happens in this episode in case you don't remember. In a way, we go. Hannah's looking for apartments and $1,200 gets her what? And $900 gets her the biggest room of her damn life, LOL. She's just trying to chill out and enjoy class. But what is that? A bat and a bird? I cannot tell. But you know what? Anyway, it's scary, scary, scary. Um, she's trying to uh, live her best life. Um, but I can't remember a single thing. To have. Well, she's biking. She's she's, she's, biking. she's biking everywhere. She's not so good at it. That's the problem. She's not so good at it. And she's biking to class. She, she A very cool woman tells her that she doesn't have to lock up her bike. And she's like, what? This You're not a in liar. New York anymore. A damn liar, by the way. She goes in the class. She hears an amazing story from an amazing man. And then she does her story and everyone hates it. And okay. And yeah, it's so devastating for her because she really thought people would celebrate her immediately yeah. because she's Hannah, of course. And then she's so sad. She's like, I'm never going to make it in this goddamn town. She gets home. Somebody has broken into her new giant home. She's like, who the fuck is here? It's Elijah. It's Elijah. Elijah's like, Ugh, New York is hell. Let's go out. Let's party. Let's go to an undergrad party. They have the time of their life. They're dancing on the dance floor. Elijah's teaching a b- young boy that he's gay. <laughs> Hannah is like fighting a woman in blue paint it's all happening and then they wake up and they're like let's walk across the field and remember that everything's okay um even though hannah does call her parents and is like pretending I'm gonna kill myself. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna kill myself this is my favorite conversation and what of all evan time. said in code was that there is a scene where a bird flies into hannah's apartment and she screams it's, and a it's a bat it's a bat oh and it's a, actually a bat yeah, but you know that's really confusing. It's almost impossible to tell because sometimes it's birds are awake at night. Are birds and awake at night, and where are they? Some of them like owls. I like, actually don't pigeon. know. About like birds. for instance, an owl. Where does a pigeon sleep? Is certainly and awake at when night. When you said that, I was like, <laughs> owls aren't birds, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I'm mistaken. Um, and that's one minute. Bird, I was like, fuck you. Birds are. <laughs> that's the merch. Birds and owls, owls aren't birds. Yeah, <laughs> like they have nothing in common. Well, they and that's actually true like they have so little in common spinning their heads spin their whole damn heads around birds can barely do anything (laughs) they're kind of like fidgeting their little face yeah also they're not binary dexterity yeah (laughs) so true (laughs) poor things poor things Um, um okay well 
and what an episode it was what an episode it was well we forgot something we forgot to say which i can't believe we forgot to say is that marnie is Mm. knitting desi a scarf (laughs) right and it's insane that we didn't bring that up by the way i was thinking the whole i'm like if, I love FaceTime before it was real FaceTime. I know. Yeah, Skype. There was, Skype. There was Skype. Zoom comedy jokes happening a decade yeah. before we knew. So ahead of its time, as usual, Lena Dunham ahead of her time. Exactly. Making pandemic era Zoom jokes. Literally. Well, that's um, why like everyone was taking selfies at one point, but no one had a word for it. Yeah. So it's called self-portrait. And then we kind of <laughs> put a label on it. And then people were like, we created a new art form. But it's actually, it was around forever. Cobra Sink had tried it. Yeah. Right. And I saw Priscilla and they're taking selfies. Really? And that was like the 50s or something. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> um, you don't need to. It's kind of just about like, what if a girl didn't have a personality and all that happened to her was being groomed? <laughs> it's like, oh, I have to watch three and, hours of And this? we need to tell that story. Yeah, and it was like feminist power. And I was like, I'm actually just sad. Yeah, that actually sounds really unfortunate. <laughs> it's my um. teen years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Before you finish that sentence, we're going to cut to a break. Um, we have a, such an important question to ask. Mm. Girl, what girl are you? It feels so good to hear it sort of screamed <laughs> at me in real time. Um, and what a question it is. I am Hannah. Mm. Obviously. We guess. Yeah. We <laughs> guess. And so wait, can you talk about why you would say that? Because well, you're a blogger extraordinaire. In our intro, we were kind of like, Rain actually lives the life that Hannah wished she had, <laughs> which is where she writes online and people like it. I wish <laughs> Hannah had Substack. Well, this is something that I'm maybe gonna talk about later, is like about how in the modern day, like Hannah would be ripping it on Substack. Literally. But it's kind of like when a porn star like got into porn before OnlyFans. Yeah. And it's like Lana yeah. Rhodes, you could have really been a girl boss. You could have had everything. Well, yeah. 30% and of Substack content nothing. now is about girls. Yeah. And that's <laughs> so true. It's like anytime we reach out to somebody who has a Substack, they have multiple essays about girls already <laughs> on their catalog. Yeah. And I, I think it's like, yeah, you understand that when you're on Substack, that you're engaging with the girls mythology the girls community i like am so a hannah that it's really difficult obviously and i mean i think that's what's so wonderful Mm -hmm. about lena dunham's writing and like what is like uncomfortable about girls sometimes is like you watch the show and you're like oh my god like i am like that like you you see all these things reflected in you that are maybe uncomfortable but i feel like something that is so hannah about me is that whenever I see those ugly parts of myself, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I'm just like, yeah, that's what I'm like. And it's awesome. Right. Um, You're like, and I should write about this. And I should write about that. Exactly. And I was like, I should metabolize this through my art that everyone will surely want to read. Something that happened to me recently, actually, that and this just, I think, proves so succinctly that I am, unfortunately, a Hannah, is I was at a party and this like guy comes up to me and we're like chatting and he's he says like he's kind of coked out or something and he's like you know like you really remind me of like of hannah from girls (gasps) and i was like oh well like that's not that's not so nice like (laughs) (laughs) oh hey that's actually bullying me oh so you don't like me that much and then he said and this is real he said no you don't understand i want to fuck hannah from girls so bad and i was like okay and he was like yeah i always pause the screen when she's when she has her shirt off and i jack off to her tiny tits said this to me (laughs) and i'm like 
Well, thank you. It didn't get, it did get like, better and it didn't get better. <laughs> it got better, it didn't get better. Like, okay, I'm not being bullied. I'm being assaulted. <laughs> I'm being propositioned in a really strange way. Yeah. But so like, first of all, he identified something that was Hannah and me. And then I, but I was like, you know what? I'm flattered. I was right. like, you've charmed me. And then. And, and that's actually your boyfriend right now. And, and yeah, we're dating and we're together. Whoa, and then, he's an Adam. You found an Adam. <laughs> but just wait, because then I was telling this story to my friend and she was like, oh my God, wait, like, who was this? And I like said his name and she was like, oh, he has a long-term girlfriend. So oh. the fact that this happened to me, that I was called a Hannah from girls <sighs> at a party, then sort of sexually propositioned about it, then... In an, in an offensive way, the fact that I found it flattering, but then found out that he actually had a long-term girlfriend and he was doing it for sport and didn't actually want me. All the most Hannah thing that could ever happen to anyone. That was a script. It's a script. You actually wrote an episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lena Dunham wrote that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was quite, that was very humbling. I feel That's... like he's probably going to see this. Um, it's well, okay. Don't hey. worry. Hey. I will say, I was in an interview literally yesterday. In the middle of the interview, the person's like, my resume, and they're like, girls and i was like yeah and they're like do you mean and then like we went past it and then she comes back she goes wait is this girls like hannah i was like yeah it's girls like hannah she's like oh my god that is my favorite show of all time girls like i love hannah, hannah so much <laughs> and now i put a dress on i feel fat on it i tell my boyfriend you know what if hannah can do it so can i and i was like we're in the middle of an interview right now all love miss you so much come over to my place we That's need to talk so awesome <laughs> I wanted to queer eye her so bad. I need to give her a haircut through the telephone after yeah. she said that sentence to me. <laughs> I need to give her a bob. Just give her sort of a tutorial through the phone yeah. about where to put the scissors. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, this is like honestly a really sad and beautiful story, but we all know, of course, like this is maybe my favorite line in all of girls. I know when- what you're about to say. But you say it. Okay. I say don't know. Because it would, it would be crazy if you did know. But like the what I think is like the best line in all of girls is like the episode where um, Hannah's talking about like what would happen if she died or what would happen if Adam died. And then and she's like, well, I'd have to like take some time off work or something. And then Adam says, like, if you died, the world would blur. I wouldn't know what a tree was. <laughs> I think that's like the most romantic line ever written. Like, I think it's so beautiful. And when I was going through my breakup this summer after we had broke up broken up like i called my ex-boyfriend like a month later and we were like catching up and i was like hey like is everything okay like you sound like you know like things are kind of rough and he was like i don't know what a tree is <gasps> did he uh, make uh, that up on the spot <laughs> no did he was he referencing the girls episode because he he knew it was like my favorite line oh he's a manipulator no no, <laughs> <laughs> no that's so sweet but also he was so sweet <laughs> You're like, I don't think you guys are going to react like that. I take it back. That's That's actually really like sweet and poetic, but also it would pull at my heartstrings in a way that where I'm like, let me heal. Yeah, it pulled at my heartstrings. And it was also like, why are you as a man? Like, you know what I mean? This is exactly something I would say to someone if they told me. (laughs) I would leverage this, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So I do empathize with him and I know exactly where he's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Evan, what girl are you this week? I mean, there's not so many to pick from, but I'm definitely Elijah when he's like, scissor! That's what everyone wants to see when they're in the blue goo fighting each other. I'm like always, I'm running around parties all the time with my digital camera and be like, this is a sapphic camera only. I'm only doing sapphic photography. So, awesome. that is so <laughs> you. You're like, and someone needs to be a lesbian quick. Someone yeah. decides. Someone decides. Just wake it up. <laughs> I, the way I ride for lesbians, because 
So my college experience, there was no gay friend groups. There was only individual yeah. gays. Yeah. So the way I lashed onto the lesbian community for my four and a half years of college yeah. shaped me. Of I know course. a lot about crafts. Yeah. We did a lot of crafts. A lot of crochet. Really? Uh, Like paper mache. Actually. Paper mache. Okay. Okay. We'd watch like VR porn together, which awesome. is actually the most lesbian way to watch porn if you check it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> like it. The way I probably knew more about lesbian sex and gay sex for solid three years of my life <laughs> because of the community I found myself in. That's actually really beautiful. Well, it I mean, is. lesbians are like incredible. They're the best people yeah. in the world. But all my friends were going, I would like not see my friends for three days at a time because they're going on 72 hour dates. I was like, oh, we had plans, but I'm so glad you got to the Children's Museum, the Noma Museum, the Sculpture Garden, and got to hang out in some girl's van for seven days. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I lost half my friend group for half the week because they were like gallivanting around New Orleans <laughs> with their new lesbian crush. <laughs> <laughs> and so in that way, you're like, Elijah. <laughs> in that way, I'm always encouraging lesbian behavior, even if it's not called for. Yeah. Is that good or bad? But I don't mean it ever sexually. Well, huh. I guess it depends. It's probably problematic. I think it's only problematic if you're like, if if you're like one of those people who's like encouraging straight girls to like kiss each other for sport. You know what I mean? Right. I you know, like, you're being that. Alex Murdoch's therapist. <laughs> but like, I'm, even then, I'm just doing it in this episode. That's exact way I do it. Yeah. Well, then you're totally golden. <laughs> okay. Perfect. But even if you were to encourage straight girls to kiss each other for sport, it's only unethical because like you're encouraging their evil behavior. Right. Uh, you right. know what I mean? And that's like the whole role of guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know my place and I fill the role. I'm an actor. <laughs> IBD. Okay. Um, what girl are you this week? <laughs> Sorry, Amelia. Yeah, I'm girl. like begging you to host. <laughs> girl, what girl are you? Oh my God, thank you for asking. Um, I'm just the one scene of Hannah. Um, having a bat fly in mm-hmm. and then being like <laughs> and then like running out and being like no one's here to help me i have to go through this alone yeah and then being like upset and moving my ass and my blankets to the bathroom and being like i hate this i know and when she has to like sleep in a pile on her bathroom floor poor girl i would say you really feel for her Shoshana's watching glee oh and i they get a up collect the phone call. and i'm like fuck this <laughs> wait i i think it's scandal it's a scandal. It's scandal. I watched it twice because I thought she was saying puck and I Quinn. I said puck and Quinn. But she's saying huck and Quinn. Oh. I was I was Whoa. like, I need to I, I, I need to figure out who this is, and then I never researched it. So I'm really thankful that you did the work. I actually I researched it and I looked it up. Okay, and perfect. They are watching Scandal according to Entertainment Weekly. I've never seen Scandal, so that's um I actually had to like review um a scene in it in a for a class one. It's Shonda Rhimes, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh that's Shonda. It's that's what's Shonda it called? Land. Pope? Something Pope. <laughs> Olivia Pope. Olivia Pope. Yeah. And she's like, it's like the the pilot ends with her being like, I'm making out with a guy you shouldn't make out with. Yeah. The president. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the president. The president. The guy you should make out with. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do feel also something that, because I was talking to my friends about this, like trying to figure out what girl I am. And <laughs> thank you for doing homework. You're like, I'm actually preparing for some work later this week. Well, because the thing is, is that I could say I was preparing for work, but also I was getting all my friends to talk about me and my personality, <laughs> which yeah. is sort of my favorite thing to do. So it was really a, a two birds, one stone. My friend said that she thinks some people think I'm a Jessa. Like, mm. some, oh, like, I feel people like people are perceiving Jessa in you. Like, I think there are like some, like, bottom of the barrel men who have seen me. 
as the way that Jessa is perceived. Right. But we actually saw a bottom of a barrel man approach you and call you a Hannah. <laughs> well, actually, he's a really nice guy. So. <laughs> and I'm sure he's wonderful to his beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> You're like, he's, got, he's listening. <laughs> well, in therapy, they always tell you to describe yourself through your friend's perspective. Because actually how your friends describe you is a more accurate description of yourself than how yeah. you actually perceive yourself. Yeah. So it's like an exercise of identity you're going through as well. Yeah. If my therapist ever asked me that, I would just be like, they think I'm a bitch and a slut and a whore and should kill myself. (laughs) Just like going back to like what I would think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think also, like, I feel like everyone always talks about how no one's really a Jessa. But I think that there are, I think that you can only be a Jessa through other people's eyes. This is like, this is my theory Mm. that I'm working on. Like, I think that there are a lot of people who like other people see them like a Jessa or something. And I think the reason why Jessas can only be perceived, but can never be like a true Jessa is because the whole character of Jessa is so based on like how Lena Dunham clearly perceived Jemima Kirk. You know what I mean? That is so good. Like, I feel like so much of Jess's character is like Lena Dunham's projections and like Lena Dunham's like. That's why people are always complaining like Jess is so underwritten. But it is like Jessa is literally conceived out of like Lena's projection of perceiving this cool girl. Yeah. Rather than like knowing what that girl is. Totally. It's like we need a Jemima in the writer's room. Perhaps. We need Jemima to step into the writer's room. Because it's like Judd won't know either. <laughs> Judd won't know Jess either. No, Judd has no idea. Judd can't handle a bad bitch. No. I think you're so... Because the one person in my life who I think is a Jessa... It's only it's only cause through my eyes. And every time we bring up Jess, I always think about this one girl in my head. Yeah. Um, it's like I don't Who think she would really quick. You wouldn't know. Oh. She's like an old friend before I knew Amelia. Um, but like comes from a lot of generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Like is deeply disturbed. Um, but like really hot, pretty things always fall her direction. Yeah. But like hates every aspect of that happening to her. Yeah. Um. And it's like, did I ever get enough time to actually know her story intimately enough to actually figure out who she really, what kind of girl she was? Yeah. Because I think she would describe herself as a Shoshana, but I don't think anyone else in her life would. Yeah. And that's so sad. And that's the tragedy of Jessa. I feel like there's so many points where Jessa really is like the saddest character because there's so much that you don't see. Like, I feel like for me, you have to like imagine her inner world a lot of the time and you just see like... The way that she's perceived by other people and even sort of meta, like perceived by the script and like by the writers and stuff. So maybe in that way, sometimes I feel like a Jessa misunderstood. Ooh. <laughs> and there it is. Well, there it is. <laughs> there it is. No one could even say another thing on that matter. <laughs> uh, all right. It is ultimately time to lean into Lena. Oh my God. Is this not the most fun episode of all time? This is so fun. I mean, what I love so much about this episode is that, I mean, first of all, it's such a Hannah episode. Like it's just, just a Hannah. Just it's Hannah. so kind of cinematic Hannah. Yeah. It's like a really, it's sort of, it's like one of those episodes. Like it's like the episode it's where like she like stays episode. in the doctor's exactly. house. Like it's one of those like real lena moments where we really like see her alone i guess yeah or rather like see her painted through the silence rather than through her interactions with others totally yeah and something that i think is really interesting about this episode is that i mean obviously it deals with like meta critiques of lena dunham like when she's in 
the writer's workshop, like all And they're like, you're actually bad for women. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, you're bad for women. You're like a spoiled brat who like wants to be oppressed. Like you like misappropriate feminism to like just like it's all criticisms that Lena has received. So that was like super interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like done. It was done in a way that I mean, there's points in this episode where it really almost veers into like parody, like how blind she is by everyone around her mm-hmm. and like how cruel people are to her and how like how awkward she is and how exaggerated her like mismatches with the world around her. And when I was watching it the second time, like when I was watching it the first time, I was kind of like, oh, like this is almost silly. Like it's so comical, like how much how like antagonistic people are being to her, Mm -hmm. like how much she doesn't fit into this place. And for a second, I was almost like bad writing. But then when I watched it the second time, I really engaged with it with this lens of like, it's almost like she's an unreliable narrator. Like Mm. this is like what the world feels like to her. You know what I mean? Right. Well, she did an amazing job of like portraying either external voices that are critiquing her and her own internal voices that critique her. And, like, it is done through this, like, naivete lens of Hannah in this show and being like, no, actually, let me speak in here. Actually, let me say something. And, like, yeah. I think there's so many times where she wants to say something. It's like, actually, you're not actually understanding my sarcasm or how meta this is and yeah. what I'm actually talking about. Totally. And I think it's I think it's also her reckoning when she's in season four of the show and, like, having her, her own kind of realization about, like, oh, I have to, like, kind of let these things go. People that will resonate with my work will be there and listen to it. Yeah. I think that's really portrayed so well. It's like no one gets it and then people get it. Yeah. It is like as the writer of the show, she could write the narrative where it's like her like like justifying everything. Yeah. But instead she chose to like just paint like the emotional like impact it is on like her where she's like, I feel like nobody gets me. But rather than trying to convince them to get it, I'm just like highlighting and almost like making fun of myself in a way yeah i mean because the thing that's so interesting is like the piece that she reads like is kind of bad yeah like, you know what i mean like it's not she's not portraying herself she's not portraying hannah in this episode as like a totally misunderstood and like maligned writer like she's painting her as somebody whose work is like legitimately flawed and who's like reckoning with the flaws in her work for the first time yeah which is like a super interesting choice um But something that I do think is true, though, is that that piece today would do numbers. Literally. (laughs) I think about that piece so much. Like, I've been thinking about this piece for the last four years of my life about (laughs) someone punching you for fun and getting to write about it. I'm like, oh, in your 20s, a big part of it is that you'll ask someone to punch you for fun when you're on Quaaludes. I actually thought that would be part of my life. It's (laughs) like the recent respect put on um, my year of rest and relaxation. Literally. Where it's like, actually, this is so good and valid. Where it's like... I feel like when I read it, everybody was like, fuck you. Like, you <laughs> self-obsessed little whore. I think we love self-obsession right now, though. I know. Yeah. I think it's we're so leaning trendy. into it. Especially, like, I mean, the hyper-individuality of, like, our generation is so, like, enthralled with any media that, like, justifies that. Yeah. So it makes sense that we're, like, we love... This I is feel one like- of the most iconic episodes of Girls. Yeah. yeah I'd venture to say. I mean, because it, it just so like directly deals with girls as a construct like it it's so like directly engages with like the public and and usually like i mean the show's always self-aware mm-hmm. which is something people don't understand about it obviously is mm-hmm. that like the whole show is lena like 
reckoning in a very self-aware way with like who she is and how she's perceived and like mm-hmm. the things about her that are like unlikable but this episode I feel like was so I- iconic because it really was just like almost a direct conversation mm. like with the audience mm-hmm. and like with the critics well and it's even to the point where it's like in the f- earlier seasons it's such a critique of like oneself and their own kind of like mental battle too of like mm-hmm. what is the difference between her perception of herself and like um, how she actually is and like bridging the gap and this is kind of I think even a more external lens like where she's kind of bringing the viewpoint of what is the media saying about her what is the real dialect going on at the time yeah I mean she received so much hate during this time and like who's kind of resonating with her work and she I don't know it, it's a kind of it's a beautiful story actually I yeah. do know it's mm. beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> yeah and I think it really I think she really definitely sort of like crafts she like walks this line between like exploring like the legitimate ways Mm -hmm. that she's sort of maligned and like the the legitimate emotional impact of the lack of understanding around her work but then i feel like she also really interestingly like brings in and critiques like the like victim complex like the victim complex that hannah has and like Mm -hmm. the victim complex that probably she has too where like i feel also throughout the episode hannah is like just like almost yeah like comically at odds with all of these people and like they're talking to her in a way that like real people don't actually talk to other people you know like even if you brought a shitty story into a writer's workshop like real people wouldn't actually talk yeah, to you like that not, not all of them to not, such a not de- all of them <laughs> like the degree. silence was deafening when they were like and anybody have any like positive things any positive things to say like it and it, it was done with like classically done so well like with like this sort of like gut-wrenching awkwardness Mm -hmm. and stuff but I think that it made it really interesting to think like oh like this is how Lena sees the world like this is how Hannah sees the world like that everybody is like so comically out to get them to this extent and I feel like Lena's like aware of that and the episode was also sort of about kind of like this victim complex or this like this feeling of being it's like her bike was the one that was stolen (laughs) yeah she did have to have a bat fly into her home she did have to be locked out yeah like even the amex card thing i think it's like there's so many beats early on where it's like she's trying to like freak out about like oh my god the apartment's so cheap and the realtor is like i don't get your vibe yeah <laughs> like do you want the place yeah and she's like okay people being maybe a weird like bitch. aren't really getting my whole thing here yeah and then it's like she sees somebody have an amazing interaction with like the customer yeah. service guy and she's like i'm gonna kill it too yeah and then he's like i hate your whole thing by the way yeah and she's like okay well call amex yeah call amex yeah. and she's still so herself and but and by the way like i feel like a bear is saying that she didn't have to get that haircut. Like, if you oh, wanted yeah. people to like you in Iowa, like, you didn't have to get the fuck ass bob. It was, <laughs> it was so. This hurt every single guest of this podcast. <laughs> I know everybody comes on and they're like, the haircut was distracting. <laughs> and it is. I mean, even when I'm rewatching Broad City and the bangs Abby has in the early seasons, yeah. it's so distracting. It's, it's really tough. And, and like side bangs really hurt us. And like I under I understand it's hard. Like another reason why I'm a Hannah is like we do have a similar face shape. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like something that I I deal with and I think about all the time. And it's like hard to find a really good haircut. And you can see her struggle with it in real time, but like the bob. It's I I don't know how they didn't catch it's it. You know, answer. it's not the answer. Yeah. I wonder if it's just a mistake of the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing we could do. It's something so ingrained in the zeitgeist that it was like 
she can't even fight that. No. Lena Dunham, someone who's such a contrarian, had to give in to something bad too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I also really want to highlight her conversations with the two women she had in this episode. Yes. Which is a drunk party goer and then the other writer in the workshop. Mm-hmm. The one with the bangs. The other one with the bangs. No, not the one with the bangs. No, like the um, one where she's like, you're a victim of abuse. Oh, the headband, the headband. Right? Yeah, the victim yeah. of abuse blondie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are two really distinct interactions of her like, well, I think the like party one was like an amazing writing technique of like how to ex- like use the party and that interaction to explain like where Hannah is feeling about Adam. Yeah, totally. Like being like, oh, well, you're not in the same place. So it's like it doesn't matter and everything's fine. Get over it, girl. And yeah. it's like mainly her telling herself that. Totally. And then being like, well, at least I'm not like broken up like this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm actually really wise because I'm 25. Yeah. and Yeah. And you also really see her like. Yeah, it's it's so it's so well written because you also are really seeing her engage with this like, well, I'm an adult here, like, and she has this kind of complex about it the whole episode mm-hmm. too that she's like 25 and this back in university, and I think she's. Wouldn't you though? Like, if you were at a party and you're 25 100%. and you're at a frat party where almost half the kids are teens, half the kids are just legally drinking. Yeah, I'd be like. I'm either like you have to either dive so deep into it that you're yeah. the patriarchy or not the, the matriarchy of this whole party yeah. and or um, you are in full embarrassment. Yeah. And the one time I went to a party with teenagers um, when <laughs> I was 24 at um, SUNY Purchase, I just went for it. Yeah. And I was giving everyone advice there. I was being LinkedIn.com. I was the way of connecting and giving informational <laughs> interviews to everyone there. And she's doing the same thing. Yeah. Thank God. No. I know I love it and when they are leaving the party and Elijah's like y'all are pussies yeah. like they're like we get it like we've been here yeah and it's like you know her advice is like not so good but I also thought it was kind of a beautiful moment from Hannah like I, she's trying to help a girl out she's trying to help a girl out with some tough love and, and really cuts her in line for the bathroom <laughs> yeah and that's Hannah it's classic Hannah and yeah I mean I think you also really see like her psychology like how she's feeling going back to school like I think she's really feeling this like stagnation or this like arrested development Mm -hmm. or this like like she knows this kind of was the only step forward but I think it probably feels a little bit like a step backwards sometimes Mm. because like everything's moving forward in New York and she feels like she's started like her like not having friends the first night and like going it alone is so like her freshman year in a dorm being like I don't have my friends yet yeah and I think like say what you will about Hannah and you know they all have so Famously, they all have so many struggles, mm-hmm. but she kind of like had a rhythm in New York. Like yeah. she had things that worked and she like she she and I think there also is something about New York. I say as somebody who just moved here, where like just being like in New York, you feel like you're doing something like, you know, what you mean, you know what yeah. I mean? Like even if everything's like so shitty, you're like, but I'm in New York. Like a lot of people can't, can, can't make it here. And I think that, like, you you see Hannah, like, really hold on to that throughout the seasons or something. Yeah. And it's, like, I was, like, the only thing she has for herself there is her writing. Yeah. And so then she has to grapple with, it's not me trying to be a writer making it in New York. Yeah. It's me being a writer. Being a writer. And getting, like, feedback that hurts. Yeah, totally. Because I think, yeah, so much of... Hannah being a writer in New York famously is her like not writing exactly but her like engaging with this mythology of like her being a writer or being like a young a woman in the city and- that can do coke on a Tuesday exactly yeah. exactly and she's like and this is what being a writer is is living this life like living this life in New York but suddenly she's in Iowa and being a writer is suddenly about writing and I think it like it's a total it shatters her world a little bit and mm-hmm. especially and I think she starts thinking like oh my god I'm 25 like 
I'm 25. Like in in Iowa, like 25 year olds are getting married. Like you know mm. what I mean. I think, and I think there's so many moments in the episode where you really see like how destabilizing this is to her whole world and her identity. Totally, Whoa. which is why she has to call her mom and ask about suicide. Yeah. Uh, and for parents, I'm like, was suicide not a generational <laughs> conversation for our parents? She said that is her now. mom seemed really chill. Her mom I was know. chill as fuck. If like, I ever said it to my mother, the way she would make, I would either have to leave the state of Iowa and never set foot in that state again, yeah. and or my mom would have to come live in my way bigger apartment. I said it to my mom, and now she's sending me like weird Facebook like yeah. reels of little puppy dogs being like, "Don't worry, <laughs> be happy." <laughs> well, I famously dropped out of school due to a mental health crisis. No, tell us everything. Well, I was in university for four months. Sorry, I'm moving on this couch so much. I don't know how to sit. No. I feel the same I feel the same don't worry at all I was in college for four beautiful months for four horrible horrible months in Vancouver in Vancouver and then I had sort of a protracted um mental health crisis there were a lot of factors I like thought that God was talking to me I like yeah I like wanted to kill myself a lot I know (laughs) and he said I was really special And he said in a couple years, like, it's going to be really cool to be Catholic. So you're going to want to hold on to this. <laughs> oh, um, my God. <laughs> and then, yeah, I had to drop out. And then I lived by myself um, in Vancouver for four years. And it was really horrible. And my what parents did you do there. Um, a lot of things. I like right when I dropped out of school, I like became financially independent, like right away. So I just kind of was like I was on government assistance for like a while and then I started writing. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. like, that's why I started writing is because I, like, didn't really have a solid address and I just, like, needed something I could do to make money while I yeah. was, like, so crazy because I, like, couldn't, I wasn't, like, sleeping. I didn't have, not to get too into the weeds, but um, that's literally, like, why I started writing is that I just needed something where I could make, like, 200 bucks. And God said you're special. <laughs> <laughs> and God said I was so special in between telling me to kill myself. Um, <laughs> but all this to say that, you know, my parents got a little freaked out about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so like literally like years later, I'm like so fine now, by the way, but years later I would like call my dad on the phone and we just like have a conversation. And one time I like, you know, was having like a bad week or something and I called my dad on the phone and I was like, no, I'm totally fine. Like, don't worry. And then the next day, Vancouver and Toronto are very far away in case you don't, in case our American listeners don't know. It's a New York to LA style commute. And my dad showed up at my door in Vancouver as a surprise and he had flown all the way from Toronto and I was like oh my god like why are you here and he said because I saw sadness in your eyes oh Oh my god that's so sweet he's a really good dad he's a little crazy he's kind of crazy like a girl sadness in your eyes and flew across the country (laughs) yeah flew across the country to on air canada on air canada yeah it was really my brother too you have to connect our dads yeah they have to kiki it's like do you, does your dad have a lot of friends because a lot of dads no. don't yeah no like, my dad has no friends but will ride or die for me thank god he's really emotionally available yeah and like that's why i feel like we need to start setting up our dads like to be friends because oh, like he has friends now i forgot <laughs> it's a new update he joined a co- golf club and now uh, he's made friends dads through. are so lonely it's really so an beautiful issue. it's a big issue yeah um but all that to say, like, if I called my parents and I was like, I'm feeling suicidal, like, there would be police at my door and my my parents would be in the building. Right. And Susie's <laughs> like, is that our name? My mom did the same thing for my aunt. 
my, <laughs> oh, aunt, my yeah. aunt 75 years old one time mentioned my phone that she was like feeling she was like i'm just gonna end it all but like she didn't mean it she's always but my mom was like she's in new jersey my mom's in new york famously passport we mm-hmm. were saying instagram mm-hmm. bio um <laughs> so instead of actually crossing the border she called the police to my aunt's house <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> Meanwhile, Lorene is like, Tad actually has a big word coming up. So yeah. we're going to hang up on you. We're going to hang tight. Um, but I really liked how Lorene was like, yeah, I feel that way too. Like sometimes right. like, like I, and sometimes like, I want to drop my baby. Yeah. yeah. She's like, and oh, I, yeah, I have right. in, what's that term? Vert. Intrusive, intrusive thoughts. thoughts. Intrusive thoughts. I have intrusive thoughts too. Get over it. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is just like further highlighting like Hannah's experience of feeling like antagonized by it. She's going to feel yeah. this way in like a season or two as well. And the next yeah. season, she feels exactly how Hannah's feeling. Yes. Um. So it's really cool to see that switch go on. Well, Hannah's relationship with her mom is like one of the most beautiful and like subtly well done parts of the show. Because you just like, I love and I love all these little moments where you just like see how much they have in common, mm-hmm. like how similar their brains are in and so how many much, ways. Like, they aren't connecting on their similarities. Yeah, totally. Because I think Loreen, is that her name? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Loreen has like, I think, figured out how to process it in such a different way yeah. or like has like figured out how to have a life in such a different way. And maybe like feels this resentment towards Hannah or this like. I think there's a freedom in Hannah that Loreen resents. Totally. Because Loreen has like made herself feel comfortable in her decisions by being like, well, optically everything is like. Yeah. She says in like the flow episode, like my marriage is in order and my life is intact. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I think she really like holds it like exteriorly like if everything's in line things are together whereas like hannah is like interiorly yeah if everything's together then everything's fine yeah well i think one of the biggest jurists between our parents and our generation is that we don't really there's no difference between our outside persona in a lot of areas mm-hmm. and our inside persona like we come home we're almost the same exact person as we are yeah in the outside world where our parents like they go to a work setting they're, they're, they're a completely different person. They're wearing. They're a completely different person, and they come home, and then they get to take their mask off, and they yeah. can just like be a completely different person. Where we're like, we're so continually one. Line. We're at work, like talking like we talk. Literally. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's actually really com- way more confusing for us than it is for them because they have yeah. such clear boundaries, and there's no boundaries in our personality, yeah. which is perceived as liberating. And why this show is like such a interesting watch because it's like their first real generation that like yeah. blurred the boundaries and like made their like work lives and outside lives so close to their inner lives as yeah. well um so but it also which is so vulnerable it's so which, vulnerable. like and it, it puts you in such a destabilized position so much of the time i think we haven't totally. figured it out yet. yeah maybe we'll figure well, out in I 75 think- <laughs> years but right now we're going through the tribulations and trials of like trying to become one authentic self throughout life and yeah. that's actually really hard while or the leading generation right now has a completely different understanding of yeah. it. Yeah. And we've built a personal online brand for ourselves since we were like 10. Yeah. Mm. And like authenticity <sighs> Don't is remind like. Me. Don't my remind Facebook me. profile pictures. <laughs> well, I think it's so interesting because I have a younger sister that's Generation Alpha. And you can already notice with that generation, like the difference between Gen Z and millennials is that we have such a focus on like presenting ourselves heightened versions of ourselves on the internet Mm -hmm. and like the most real authentic us but like in this like very like organized way whereas like her generation does not want to they want to be completely anonymous online yeah and there's like an animate there's like an it's fully avatar for them they're like i want to take this like entirely like i don't want anyone online to like know anything about like 
my day-to-day self Mm. in a way that like is so different from like us because it's like everyone we know like wants everybody to know who we are so clearly. Well, there was just like, I mean, our whole generation and like the millennial generation too, there was just this like sort of cultural fetish for like expressing yourself. Mm -hmm. Like there was like, that was like the biggest thing is like now you can express yourself. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was also like the frontier of like gay rights too. Like there there was so and feminism, like so many of these social issues were like distilled into just being able to express yourself. Like that was seen as like the greatest freedom and the greatest liberation Mm -hmm. was to just like put yourself out there and to put every part of yourself out there and to turn yourself into a brand and to to be authentic and to be you. That was really wonderful in some ways, obviously. But I think for a lot of people it also like feels like a trap or like has started to feel like a trap mm-hmm. because Right. Yeah. The Emma Chamberlainification. Well, we're the first generation <laughs> that can really um like make your brand, like you're saying, yeah. into your business. Yeah, your in whole a way it life. wasn't seen before. Yeah. Like you're you can become a personal entrepreneur just based off like what I mean, you're so, like, like a Tanamojo or something. Like you're literally building an empire off of like your authentic self, which is yeah. so more destabilizing than we thought it would be. Yeah, it used to be something only comedians did. Yeah, and they all want to kill themselves. <laughs> and the bod. <laughs> I have to call my mom. <laughs> she won't believe me for a second. Um, should we talk about Elijah coming? So cute. So, I mean, I just thought it was such a beautiful moment. We'll talk about Elijah coming after the break. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) That was a little movie magic. Sort of a peek behind the curtain. Great job, Ev. I'm so proud of you for doing that. (laughs) Of course, girl. Randomest spot in America. It's perfect. Um, I love Elijah. There's not a single second that I've been fully obsessed with that man. He's finally, he's the first gay person we had on TV to be a loser and own it and be amazing at the (laughs) same time. He's like, I feel like a loser in New York. I had to come. And then they literally get to throw it back to undergrad because they, of course, dated in college. Yeah, which we forget. Yeah, we forget. We forget all too often. They're microdosing Oberlin together. Yes. And I mean, I hate to come out with an opposing opinion or an alternate perspective, but something that I thought was so amazing about this episode is that there have been a lot of episodes where i didn't really connect with elijah Uh like which i know is like a shocking thing to say and i got shivers it was never i know (laughs) (laughs) like maybe i should have said this earlier just so you guys we look at the youtube analytics there's a fall rate like 100 fall rate you should have texted us before coming (laughs) on no let's hear it you didn't connect with elijah no let's hear it (laughs) (laughs) i'm being like tried um i mean it's like and I don't stand by this. Like, I know he's an amazing character. Like, I like him. I love Andrew. I mean, come on, America's sweetheart. But just a lot of episodes, like, I never saw what everyone else saw in him. And I knew it was a personal problem. Like, I knew that I just couldn't see what everyone else was seeing. But this episode, man, I really saw it. Like, I was just like, first I was like, he's such a good friend. And mm-hmm. like, obviously he has like, maybe a selfish element of him coming out like leaving new york coming to iowa too but it's also like hannah needed that so bad Mm -hmm. and he just knew exactly what to do to make her feel better and i just loved watching their relationship and also i was like the acting is so good he's such a treasure he is so talented he's so talented it's just shocking in so many ways every single time and i was also like wait he's hot I know. His body really was on 10 in this episode. Well, I have yeah, a question like, for you. Mm-hmm. Are you a Sex and the City fan? 
I'm a huge Sex and okay, the City fan. I read Elijah in the first few seasons, very Sex and the City coded. Yeah. And then this episode, it becomes a bit more girls coded. That's really interesting. Because he's a lot more like, there's an earnesty level that isn't necessarily, I think, perceived in early. Like, there's some yeah. earnesty, but like here he's like fully like. He's totally Everything earnest. bad. Yeah. I need to just have an escape from New York and like be raw and real for a second. Yeah. And especially since his breakup with Doyle, like we're seeing the character in such a new light and throughout the rest of the seasons, like it is such a new light for yeah. Elijah. I think Elijah, Elijah really comes into his own in the next. They like, finally put already gay next... for girls. It, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was beautiful. I actually loved him jacking off the like not gay guy. Oh, and I'm straight too. Oh, and I'm straight. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I love that he's like, I want to have sex and even though you're scared, I know what to say to make you be into it. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we're both straight. Don't and worry. He, yeah, and he was just so cool. Like, he was like, any party where I'm there. Like, yeah. I was like, wait, I want to say stuff like that. It's so that like, cool. if I could yeah. live through high school now, like, I could, I know exactly what I could say to like, be so powerful. It's yeah. like him living out that truth. Yeah. I did just read the book The Velvet Rage, which is all about like, the gay shame and like the anger yeah. that a lot of gay people feel um and so when he did that to that guy upstairs i was like oh this is a basis of shame on both sides <laughs> and you have to read the book and it, i can't explain it now because yeah. i don't fully get it <laughs> well this is like maybe a little vulnerable to share but one of the reasons why i love that scene is because like when i was like in the closet and stuff it was literally my like dream that a girl would like mm. do that to me <laughs> like that like specific thing was like my whole like for me to be like no 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 I'm straight and for her to be like yeah sure we both are like that was <laughs> yeah. literally like my like that was my jack off material because so that was like fun. the only way that like I could metabolize it or something so I really saw myself represented in that right, scene like, as well I love you Elijah I love you Elijah you're exactly what's needed yeah I think sometimes with the shame that you're talking about like you just need someone to take the reins and, like, totally do it because yeah. it's like too hard for you to have to muster yourself to go through all those events so 100% Elijah being such a dictating force yeah and like let's just do this do this like you're gonna have your first gay experience and like be common like that's like doing yeah. that for that person mm -hmm. it's like it, there's a little it's a little problematic but it's also like that's exactly maybe what that person needed to who yeah. knows but mm -hmm. i get what you mean that's a real fantasy it's real as hell it's real as hell love it love the immediate cut to hannah deciding to be in a paint fight in a, yeah <laughs> in, wrestling in in blue in bl i'm surprised hannah went for it honestly yeah no like i mean you could really tell she's going through something and she's trying to like really have fun she's like i cannot think about how everybody hates my writing <laughs> yeah. let me become a smurf <laughs> whatever it takes that's well, so sweet that's where the episode kind of ends off is them waking up and walking through the field right literally wait here's a question that i have that i can't remember is she still blue when they're walking through the field like how does she get that yeah. stuff yeah. off of oh, oh she, so we actually watched the lena behind the scenes <laughs> so yeah. lena was blue for five days after <gasps> filming the scene really every time she showered she's found blue in a new spot <laughs> but apparently yeah. when they actually filmed that scene it's like they filmed the scene where they're fighting and then she took a shower and then she had to put back on the dress that they fought in, like, oh. in, like, it was, like frozen because so it's actually really cold out. Whoa! So she was like, it was like cold paint <laughs> just on my body, and then like the idea was that she would still kind of have like paint in her hair when they yeah. did that overhead shot. Yeah. But I guess the idea is like she did try and like clean it off at that house party. Doesn't mm. it make you have a lot of empathy for the blue man group? <laughs> I'm like watching. I'm like those and maybe poor you guys. Think of like Alphabuzz on Broadway. I'm like they are really going through. Yeah, it. I'm sure their life is so hard. Well, Apparently they have to re-green themselves at halftime. <laughs> 
Really? At halftime. Uh, yeah, I love sports. Um, Very know, Iowa of you. Yeah, <laughs> trying to adjust to the culture. I'm like trying to feel. I just did like drag maybe three weeks ago at this point, and there's still a little bit of glue in my hair from the really? blue. And I've been trying to get it out, and the only way for me to get it out is ripping it out of my head. Like, <gasps> I, that's my blue experience. That's your blue experience. Does that resonate with anyone? Wait, we well, should have a new segment. What's your blue <laughs> experience? What's your blue experience? I mean, uh, <laughs> I would never have one because I hate having stuff on me. Yeah. Like, I would just never be in that pit because... I have obsessive compulsive disorder. I hate having stuff on me. Oh, and Hannah does too, so it's crazy she went in there. Yeah, yeah. We're on a different vibe for sure in that <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> we need to talk about Marnie. Oh. Just really quick. Okay, yeah, Really yeah. quick, yeah. Um, She's knitting a scarf. She's knitting a scarf, and she's so in love with Desi and it's in so the sad. denial phase it's of so breakup boot camp. Sad. Yeah. The way she's like, I refuse to believe i'm the other woman it's like baby babe come on and is this the episode where she's like yeah like clementine has like an autoimmune disorder and like (laughs) he can't break up with her or else she'll like oh no no that's coming up oh that's coming up sorry for the spoiler (laughs) sorry um but yeah like it was just like seeing the depths of her delusion it's really sad it's tough. Also, and her really being like, and you're the one with the boy trouble, Hannah. Do not bring up Adam to me. And it's like, babe, you are down bad for Desi. You're in the fucking trenches. I think Hannah's actually fine. Hannah's <laughs> just doing fine. You're in the trenches for cousin from the bear. Literally help. <laughs> it's very interesting to see like the ambu, the weird note that Hannah and Adam left everything yeah. on. Yeah. Like now Adam isn't calling Hannah. There's no real point to contact. They didn't really establish a plan. He didn't wake up yeah. from the bed when she was leaving. Yeah. It's like no one really was able to say anything. So everyone's feelings are so like left on feeling so unstable. Totally. And it's like it, it's so interesting that like even her friends are like, we're not going to tell you about Adam because like they didn't really break up. Wait, they like, didn't break up. They, they were like, oh, we'll do long distance. We'll, do long we'll distance. call 10 times a day. Yeah. And now they're not calling at all. And they're like, and also you can't ask about him in general. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like, it's like if I were Hannah, maybe I would kill myself. <laughs> because it actually seems nightmarish. It is interesting that we don't get a sense from Hannah that she's like panicked about that. Yeah. Which is like, I wonder if she's. If it's just like simmering under the surface and yeah. like coming out in all these other ways. She's like, I actually don't want to process that right now. Yeah. So I'm just going to like put that on the back burner until it really like is brought up to me. Yeah. Yeah. But she does dig around. By asking a question? By, well, yeah. she's like, she wants to answer. And Marnie knows exactly what Hannah's going to ask for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which so- I also thought was like such a Marnie and Hannah moment. Like, yeah. Marnie like just knowing like it's i feel like it's so symbolic of their friendship that marnie like knows exactly what hannah needs and is like actually so in tune with Mm -hmm. her and like knows her so well but also is like kind of mean (laughs) yeah class is there any other moment we don't even need to talk about justin she's on it it's too much they're watching scandal they're watching watching scandal Scandal. shout out to those girls i'm glad jessa is with shosh yeah because you know she was stressed last episode about hannah leaving so she has one girl and it is her cousin. And it is her damn cousin. <laughs> but sometimes is. a cousin is the best friend you can have. Not my experience. Really? Shout out. My cousin's Do my you best love friend. Your cousin? yeah. I get so jealous when people love Are their cousins. Are they cousin. in New Jersey? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shout out to my cousin, Seb, who lives in Montreal. He's my best friend. Oh, yeah. wait. I love it. Um, it's- now it's time. Girl, get your Glock. It's rapid fire time. <laughs> What's the perfect Scrabble word? Uh, Your own name. 
Should you move to Iowa to start the revolution? No. What would you do if a bird flew into your home? I would call someone else to to deal with it. And I would blog about it. Yes. Yeah, I would make it a symbol. <laughs> uh, does the smell of your hair matter? Yes. Was that a bird or a bat? It was a bat. Are you going to go creaking with your friends? No. <laughs> Never. And why is Marnie mad at you? Uh, because of my general personality, I would say. <laughs> she would not like me. No, well, maybe. she likes Hannah. She likes Hannah. Yeah, she likes... But it's like... does. I feel like she and Hannah are just tied together by their history. And that is the truth. And that's the, the damn truth. Like, if they met today, would they be friends? No. no. And I guess that's, like, where we end. But we'll have to wait till season we'll six. We'll have to wait to see. <laughs> um, last segment of the podcast. That, that outfit, outfit in, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> this is kind of where we compare Brooklyn then. Mm-hmm. First Brooklyn now. And so little of this episode happened in Brooklyn. Yeah. But I still feel like there are a lot of depths to plumb. Oh, um, literally. Let's... <laughs> Plum though. That's the plum. The- now, now you're using language I don't know about. Well, I think the first note we have to go off on is that Wordle. Yeah, yeah. Scrabble's right. 100% Wordle. Or like, there's like a new New York Times game that everyone's on. Yeah. Like connections Literally. or something. Everyone's doing that I one. I clicked onto that yesterday. It's crazy. Really? You brought it up just now. <laughs> um, Something that I was thinking about is that in Brooklyn today... I feel like there's a lot of different characters that would just be leaning a lot harder into ethical non-monogamy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There would be so much more language around what was going on. There would be so much more language around what was going on. Marnie would be reading The Ethical Slut and she'd be like trying (laughs) to get Desi to read The Ethical Slut and like trying to establish like a polycule. Literally. Hannah and Adam would also be like, we're like primary coupled but nesting partners nesting partners but open <laughs> like there would just be so much more discourse around it and it would make it a lot more unbearable somehow. yeah it would be way you, more how painful. would you even write that show how would you even write that and that's show? why it hasn't been done just yet and that's what's so funny is that there's like no show about polyamorous people even though you would think that like there should be but there isn't just because no I think one's it's green lighting like bush wickers anymore <laughs> it might be hard to write conflict even though there is so yeah. much conflict it's like but also you can just be like and I'm gonna date someone new. Yeah, I don't know. Right. And also, that's like, maybe offensive for Poly community. What I just said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and let's see if people reach out. <laughs> and let's see what they say. I was about to say maybe some more offensive stuff to the Poly community. <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> it is funny because um, you're allowed to punch up or punch down at the Poly community as much as you want for some reason. Because it's like, <laughs> it's sort of like punching up because at the end of the day, they're allowed to have a lot more sex than you. Oh, that's yeah. true. You know what I mean? So it's like. And like they can get away with things that you can't. Yeah, they yeah. can get away with things that you can't. And so like it's okay to make a little bit of fun of them because like they're probably having crazy communicative sex. Yeah. I do think it became popularized to through the furry movement a little bit. Like people <laughs> really? kind of learn about it through furries. Through furries. So it's like also when people see it, furries is kind of one of the to- one topics that's like it's a marginalized community that you can still make fun of. Yeah, yeah. Um, my sister has other thoughts. <laughs> my eleven-year-old sister's like getting into furries. Oh, and cool! It's like, what do we? How do we help her? Yeah, that's a really tough one because, like, the th- other thing is that at the end of the day, a lot of furries are so happy. 
she is like i'm expressing myself and i'm having so much fun why is everyone mad and worried about me (laughs) and i'm like you bring up an amazing point (laughs) i need to check my like bias yeah and i'm really curious like maybe you can't talk about this but like what kind of furry is she does she like she's a dinosaur (laughs) i can show you the mask she made that's so awesome it's really sweet she's doing like she sounds so cool she's literally fighting back the haters online and it's like i'm the hater (laughs) she's texting me and she's like how come you don't like furries and i'm like fuck you're the hater in her own damn family yeah sometimes your biggest hater is is your own sister yeah literally she's gonna write i don't even think sometimes (laughs) i think a lot of times you're haters a lot of the time Oh God, you're punching out your non-binary sibling. (laughs) I also think in Brooklyn today, Marnie's craft of choice would not be a knitted scarf. I I will say I know five girls that are knitting scarves right now. And actually, yeah, maybe it's like just coming back. Like I was thinking maybe she'd be crocheting. Oh, Oh, you know what? They're they're crocheting. She'd be making like a a fucking balaclava. She's making a balaclava. (laughs) Everyone's making either a red hood or a balaclava. Yeah. Like or like a little bonnet, one of those little bonnets. I know, but I want little bonnets. I I know, I really want one too, even though I really don't think it would work for my face shape. It would, it would. It'd be so cute. You could pull up a bonnet. Um, she I, might also be making like pottery that's like ironically oh, ugly on purpose. Right. You know I don't think I mean? she has that foresight. I think mm. no West Village girl, aka Marnie living in Chinatown, would be making ugly pottery on purpose. True. I think the crafts that they like are crocheting, but they saw someone in Bush- Brooklyn do it first. So yeah. Now they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, and or for some reason collaging is so popular collaging is so in it's so in and it's for everyone oh, and she would be collaging she would, she be, would collaging. be collaging and it would be all like thematic to death yeah hours before you came or like <laughs> <laughs> yeah Us collaging. what kind of a weird freak would be collaging at a time like this so fucked up when people like just print out a bunch of pictures and like stick them together and think it's art collage collage uh, and i like forgot about charlie uh, we'll see him again. We'll wanna, see him again. Well, one time. I do really want to talk about a college party. And what do we think the nature of a college party? Do you think college parties are like that anymore? Loki, I don't. I don't think so. I think the big part of a party where um it's not Greek life, but people are still heavily binge drinking. It's like you're going to have a weird activity. Like the blue paint does resonate. Yeah. The amount of weird cigarette race. Like, cigarette <laughs> race. Blue paint. Um, We're begging this party to be the Twinks versus Dolls party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, maybe that's like in the modern day, they would be at a Twinks It'd versus be, Dolls it would be party. At <laughs> Iowa, Twinks versus Dolls. <laughs> I saw one of the, the dolls from Twinks vs. Dolls last night, and they walked by, and then 10 seconds later, my brain registered. I'm like, Doll! Doll from Twinks vs. Dolls! <laughs> doll, doll. <laughs> Third place! I love your work! I love your work! <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, there's any other. Anything other things you can think of? Um, Collect calls, but it's like boring. What would Shosh and Jessa be watching? Right. The curse. They'd be watching The Curse. Right. I actually think they'd both be on their iPhones watching TikToks, but on the same bed. And that's actually pretty true. Would Jessa be on TikTok? Jessa would be on Instagram Reels. Jessa would be on Instagram Reels. Accidentally. Like, yeah, she'd be like, she would like stumble across it and be like, what is this? 
You know what I mean? And she'd be and like, Shoshana sort of be monologuing, like, blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. duh. And she's yeah. like, okay. No, she would okay. like some of the most basic mothers on earth, like, videos, but she'd earnestly really like them. Yeah. They're so stupid and raw. Yeah. No, that's so true. Like, she would be, like, really talking down on, like, all the, like, Christian housewives she saw on Instagram reels, but she'd be obsessed with watching I them. I would start giving them yeah. all another chance, though, and be watching it just because she thought it was cool. I would think it would be cool, too. Yeah. When someone's so cool, they can make, make the lamest thing cool. It's like, that's how you know something's up. Yeah. yeah They're a child of divorce. Child of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Well, I think that wraps up our episode. Any closing thoughts that you would be devastated not to share before we end the pot out? I have none. Oh my God. Thank God we perfect. got it all in. You know. Um, where can people find you? Um, well, my Instagram is Rain Incorporated and my Substack is called Internet Princess. And that's where I publish my sort of Hannah ass writing. So. Internet Princess is so Hannah coded. It's so <laughs> Hannah coded. It's like really unfortunate. Well, that's the other thing is that in Brooklyn in the modern day, Hannah would be on Substack and her like and sad. And her app would be Internet Princess. It would be Internet Princess. <laughs> and that's really tough. And her like sad self mythologizing, like self insert fiction about abuse would be doing crazy fucking numbers. <laughs> like she'd be my competition. I think she'd right. be Greenpoint Princess. I think she'd go a little bit niche or like that. She'd go yeah. more niche. She would be Greenpoint Princess. <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry. Um, it would be all okay. Um, well, thank you so much thank for being so on. Much. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. We'll be back next week with episode three. But for now, love, love, love.